0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Regional Access. Regional Access is a regional distributor committed to creating sustainable economies throughout the Northeast. For more information, visit regionalaccess.net. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn,
2: This is Sherry Bayer, and you're listening to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network, coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. So today is my very first live show, and anyone who's out there listening, thanks for being there. Now, to give a little background for this show, in addition to being your host, I am the founder and president of Bayer Public Relations, which is a full-service PR consulting and marketing agency based in New York City, that specializes in culinary and hospitality. And what that means, basically, is I work with a lot of restaurants. So over the years, I've met and worked with an array of incredible industry professionals, from restaurant realtors, to designers, to photographers, to consultants, who basically have the same clientele as I do. However, they provide a different, unique service. All in the Industry is a series dedicated to those behind-the-scenes talents. Every week, I will be joined by an industry professional, or two or three, we'll see how it goes, to learn about his or her role and take the audience through the process of opening a restaurant. I will also have a few little bits, including my PR tip, speed round questions, restaurant news discussion, and solo dining experience of the week. So it should be fun. I hope you enjoy being a part of all in the industry. Now, before I introduce my first guest today, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. And today's tip is for anyone who's planning to open a restaurant or thinking about PR. I highly advise to seek PR representation before you open. So just start, it doesn't have to be that far out, but I would say for opening a restaurant just start PR about four to six weeks in advance. And why do I say that? Well simply it's because the media loves to write about a brand new restaurant and not so much about a five, four month old restaurant just how it goes. It's just harder to build that excitement about a restaurant that's a few months open, or even a year open. Even though it might be new to you, it's just not as new to the media. So that's my tip. Start early. And that brings me to my guest today, who I think is perfect to kick off this series. He is a New York-based restaurant consultant, hospitality industry leader, and trend expert. It is Stephen Kamali, the founder of Stephen Kamali Hospitality, a collective of hospitality-focused service providers, including Hospitality House, SKH Realty, The Chef Agency, and Hamptons Hotel Group. Stephen was recently featured in the New York Post and also on Guest of a Guest, where they wrote, Nobody knows hospitality quite like Stephen Kamali. He is the man with the Midas touch when it comes to nightlife in New York. Stephen was also on Crane's New York Business Prestigious 40 Under 40 list in 2006. Um, he is regularly quoted as a trend expert in the New York Times, Forbes, New York Post, and New York Magazine. So we're going to take a quick break, and we, when we come back, we will talk with Stephen. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Regional Access. Regional Access is a regional distributor committed to creating sustainable economies throughout the Northeast. This community-oriented company was built on a vision of providing ecologically responsible and ethically produced food to area consumers. During a typical week at the Regional Access warehouse, they help move thousands of pounds of natural and grass-fed meat, gallons of farm-fresh dairy, and tons of organic and specialty foods from producer to market. Having been in the distribution business for almost 25 years, Regional Access's experience and knowledge make them uniquely equipped to build out their region's food web. Up in the Finger Lakes, Regional Access will continue to champion the region's bounty and work toward a sustainable food system for the entire Northeast. For more information, visit regionalaccess.net. You are listening to Got the Feeling" by California Honey Drops on the Heritage Radio Network dot
3: Got that feeling, mm, all in my bones. Yeah, yeah. Well, day in, day out, it's the same old grind. But you know, good things sometimes they take some time. You got to stay thankful. You got that feeling Mm -hmm. Stirring your bones
2: Welcome back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. So I'm here today with Stephen Kamali. He is from Stephen Kamali Hospitality. Welcome, Stephen.
4: Thank you. It's great to be here.
2: Well, thanks for coming out on this chilly New York day.
4: It's wonderful.
2: <laughs> have you been here before?
4: I have. Wonderful pizza.
2: Yes, it is. I think it's a plus of coming out here that that you have the option to eat. So, um, So I want to get started just a little, learn about your background and how you how you got to Stephen Kamali Hospitality and in, in, involved in the hospitality industry.
4: Sure, uh, I started my business about twelve years ago. Uh, prior to which, I had worked with a hotel developer uh, and worked in and around the hotel business in various capacities, uh, and realized there was a void in the marketplace whereby which chefs and restaurateurs were really being overlooked and. They needed an advocate, someone that was looking out for their interest and one in which that could help develop opportunities for them. Uh, I chose down, to go down the path of real estate at the time. Right. Uh, and at that moment in time, I realized that if I were to go out there and create a niche market, I think that I could create quite a following. Um, and, and I think all my assumptions ended up being very true and I was very fortunate. And to date, we've put together over 350 restaurants, uh, transactions in, just in New York City. Wow. Yeah. So we, 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 so the formula really worked.
2: And that transactions, you're, you're talking real estate?
4: Yeah. That was specific to real estate. So the business we started 12 years ago was really focused on real estate. And since then, uh, about seven years ago, we started our consulting practice. And from there, we built our recruitment business under the moniker of Chef Agency, So a lot has evolved and a lot has changed, but so is the food and beverage industry. Right. And we've been fortunate to be able to create these different businesses and become a full service entity and one which hotels, restaurateurs, and real estate developers can rely on. Um, And at the same time, uh, serving as a great outlet to to the people in the food and beverage industry.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So with the four divisions, I've how how do they work together? Or I, I assume they do because or they overlap. How do you?
4: They intersect quite a bit, and and candidly, the, the we're all within the same office, um, but they they operate quite independently. And the the whole notion behind it was to create a vertically integrated company, whereby which we were sharing clients but providing different services. So SKH Realty is focused on transactional real estate. If you're a chef and you're looking for a restaurant, uh, we have six in-house brokers that can help you, provide you with inventory and tell you, hey, in Brooklyn there are these restaurants, in New York City there are these restaurants, or these are buildings that the landlord would be amenable to having a great full-service restaurant. Beyond that, Chef Agency was created to help identify human capital and really talented people that could serve in the front and back of house of these restaurants. So we're out there looking for sous chefs, pastry chefs, executive chefs, general managers, sommeliers. So our clients are coming to us, and they're looking for these talented individuals, and we're helping to screen them and to work with owners to make sure that they're, they're finding somebody that really fits the, uh, the ethos of their company. Uh, and, and that's obviously a very difficult task and requires uh, a lot of trust by our clients. And requires a lot of integrity on our part to make sure that we're, we're connecting people in the right way. And a lot of times you have a lot of people that don't necessarily want to leave their job immediately, but they'd love to hear about what can be offered to them right. All right, and and improving their career. But to even take it a step further, our businesses were really created so that at any given point in, in, in the cycle of a chef, they would look to us as an opportunity right, to help further their career. They'll come to us at the initial part of their career as they're looking to make a 10% pay raise or move across the country. They'll come back to us after having moved through a kitchen and saying, you know what? I really think I can do it on my own now. I no longer need to work under X, Y, and Z chef. Can you help us find their first restaurant? And after their third restaurant and they're a huge success, they say, I'd like to be like Tom Colicchio. And how do I do that? And we'll help structure their management and license agreements with hotels. Um, So – in my head, it sounded great, and then, over a number of years, we were able to to add on various services and continue to build on our platform and And now we're about eighteen people uh, here in New York, and we anticipate an office in uh, in Los Angeles for chef agency, which would be fun.
2: Well, that's exciting
4: yeah, so and I saw exciting. you
2: worked with some Miami accounts too my, my hometown.
4: You're very lucky. I know. This I am will lucky. This would be the time to go back to Miami.
2: <laughs> uh, I well, I'm planning to go down in February for South Beach Food and Wine, which is a good time. Yeah, it's always it's spring break for chefs because well, everyone, you know, everyone has the same idea. And that's where we bump into you every year, so that's I know. a really great time. Yeah.
4: So so, so we're down in Miami, um, or, or either myself or a representative of our company. We do a lot of placement down there through the chef agency, um, and at the same time, we also help. A lot of hotel developments, okay. structuring management agreements with chefs and restaurateurs. So we're down there two to three times a month. Um, you know, I try to make it in the wintertime more so. Oh, uh, yeah, makes uh, sense. And, <laughs> and, 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 and quite frankly, it's probably the second largest market for us. So we do, you know, Hospitality House, our consulting practice, works nationally, and we spend a lot of time in Miami. Um, and there's a lot of great projects down there that are coming online.
2: Yeah, I, I, I've been noticing that Miami is, is developing more and more in the restaurant scene. I felt it was a little behind. I don't know from from growing up there as far as a big city, but oh, it it's seems definitely to
4: evolved. Have caught on matured. pretty quickly, yeah. actually. So, um, well, especially in certain neighborhoods, right? I mean, so
2: well, South Beach itself. Um, I think the whole. Uh, where a Miracle Mile area is starting, uh, Mary Brickle, they call, call it, and the Design District, those neighborhoods are, are have taken off. I mean, there wasn't a Design District when I was when I was growing up, right? right. And even Lincoln Road was no one went there. So well,
4: yeah, Lincoln Road as a pedestrian mall is, is is one thing, and then there's you know with the with with Wynwood and the Design District, we're really finding that you're giving the opportunity to the restaurateurs that normally wouldn't have the opportunity to be able to kind of really create something that's really wonderful and, and unique. And, and we're, we're hoping to be a really big part of that. Um, and I almost, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it akin to the meatpacking district, but when we first opened our our, our first office about uh, 12 years ago in the meatpacking district, it really was a very different environment. Absolutely. And we recently, about two years ago, we moved out of the meatpacking district. And But it, it really goes to show you how things can evolve and change. And we're hoping to be able to have that sort of impact uh, in Wynwood, um, and, and hopefully it won't become as boisterous and loud, but, um, but it's exciting.
2: Yeah, it is. All right, we're going to take a short break. We will be right back on All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
3: When
1: like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today.
3: As though we'd never said goodbye And I recall a summer pleasant spent sweet in love's embrace, and when I hear the roll of thunder,
1: you are listening to Bedside Window by the California Honey Drops on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
3: The there was a window by my bedside where the warm rain blew right in. There we made love all one summer while the storms passed overhead
2: and the rain it cooled our bodies. Hi, this is Sherry Bayer, and you're listening to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm here today with Stephen Kamali and I wanted to talk a little more about Hospitality House and what are some projects you've been working on in in New York City?
4: So in New York City, we recently completed uh, the development and the curation of all the food and beverage outlets at the Paramount Hotel, which is a 600-room hotel in the midst of Times Square on 46th Street.
2: I am familiar with it because I lived in Hell's Kitchen for many years, and I actually was lucky. I don't know if that's
4: a good or bad thing.
2: Well... it was a good thing. I, right. I mean, the neighborhoods, that's changed tremendously, too. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, so, but I, I I know John Meadow from LDV Hospitality, and he kindly gave me a tour of this space about, I don't know, four months ago. What did you think? It was cool. I, I The whole, it's the diamond horseshoe sure, that he showed real, me. That's right. From, and the,
4: I, from the 1930s, it was an old, for people that don't know, it was an old dinner theater space. Uh, it was called Billy Rose's Diamond Horseshoe, and it was it was absolutely miraculous. Um, and uh, it's about 250 seats or so, and it's a collaboration between LDV, Simon Hammerstein, and Randy Weiner. And Randy Weiner is the is really the 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 vision behind Sleep No More, um, and has done incredible work uh, on and off Broadway. Um, and it's very exciting, and, and you have LDV that's creating what I think is really an interactive experience when it comes to the food, um, which is very, very exciting. So we've been spending a lot of time uh, on the Paramount over the last two and a half, three years now. Uh, there are several other outlets throughout the building. There's the Paramount Bar and Grill, uh, which is their all-day dining facility, and there's also Corso, which is the, uh, the, the grab-and-go. Um, and, um,
2: good Good coffee.
4: Great coffee. Yeah. And um, so the Paramount Hotel is now fully relaunched, and all these pieces are coming together, the retail, the food and beverage, the hotel, and uh, it's been very exciting, and the Diamond Horseshoe just opened on, on New Year's Eve. Uh, I assume you were there. You know what? I, I wasn't. I was away, unfortunately, <sighs> but... Um,
2: I, I read a little about it. It sounded it sounded I, oh, quite I've, like the party. I've
4: seen some of the... I I, 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 I was... A, a part of a lot of the, uh, maybe the rehearsals and uh, they're quite uh, quite interesting.
2: Well, I look forward to checking it out. And um, I wanted to ask you, just with a, with a client, how long do you typically work with someone? I, or is that uh, an unanswerable question? <laughs> no,
4: not necessarily. I mean, you know, typically, like, we're currently working on the, the Four Seasons Hotel. We're helping them in the development of the restaurant concept. The, the hotel is is rising on Church, Church Street now. Um, it's a hotel and residences. And I would tell you that our, our typical development projects for Hospitality House range anywhere between 18 months and 36 months. Um, you know, Typically no less than a year and typically no more than three years from the point of development to the point that it opens. Um, and, and as far as chef agency goes in our real estate business, all that's really quite transactional. Um, and um, those those cycles really range and depend on the search and the client, um, but, but that's really the the long and short of it.
2: Well, good answer. And for any aspiring restaurateurs, chefs looking, you know, what do you what do you have any advice for them how to how to go about getting their own restaurant or getting involved more, you know, in yeah, the industry?
4: What we found is that a lot of the st- you know, what you want to call startups and new restaurants, if you will. And the most successful ones are ones that were developed by people that had an incredible amount of experience front and back of house and really understand the mechanics of a restaurant. And it's not just about great design or good food or having a good location. It's really the melding of all of that and bringing it all together. And I think sometimes the most important thing about all that is, keeping expectations in line with reality and the notion of big budgets that's fine for the four or five great big restaurant companies that have the ability to fail to fix their mistakes and throw money at problems but for people that are out there that are trying to open their own restaurants you know small isn't bad scale is great it'd be great to have a 120 seat restaurant um and it's it's great if you have you have the ability to withstand the very high rent but at the end of the day if you're going to put 3 million dollars into a restaurant you know you better hope it works and and the reality is that it often doesn't so what we try to do is manage people's expectations we want them to have scales in the restaurant so you want them to have 120 seats to 150 seats we want it to be A reasonably good location where your 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 client base and your patrons are really going to find you but you know create a really wonderful restaurant that's a destination you don't necessarily need to be on the corner and you don't need to be paying the rents that a bank would be paying um and bear in mind that you're not going to make money from day one and you need a six-month cushion so in your plan you better have some contingency dollars in there to, to to let you ride through some hard times um and, you know, at the end of the day, I think everybody needs to leave their, their imprint and their personality on a restaurant. You know, they'll build something for somebody else, but really build it for something that you'd like to enjoy. And um, a lot of the times, we, you know, the most successful restaurateurs we've found are ones that develop restaurants in their own neighborhoods that they know. They know it inch by inch, block by block, storefront by storefront. And they know what's missing, right, and what the demand drivers yeah, are going to be. Yeah, it makes sense. Right? So that, that's, that, that would be my advice to any upstart. Yeah, that's good tours. advice, and it
2: comes back to the do what you love, and that's right. and It's not work, right? That's right. So
4: it's not for us, is it? <laughs> <So>.
2: <laughs> no, no. Um, we're we're or I'm now this new this new radio host here. Uh, a, a definitely, definitely something I didn't see coming. It's very but Thank you. It's 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 pretty fun. And speaking of fun, okay, now we're going to do what I'm calling my speed round questions. Okay. And it, it might turn into a not-so-speed round. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, basically, I'm just going to give you a quick either-or choice, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay. Um, you might say strawberry, or basically, you can interpret what I'm saying how, however you like, but pick your preference. Done. So, All right, here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Wine, beer, or cocktail? Cocktail. Restaurants or hotels? Hotels. You're quick. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates?
4: Small plates.
2: Solo investor or multiple investors?
4: Multiple investors.
2: Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. The New York Times, New York Post, or Daily News?
4: New York Post.
2: South Beach Food and Wine or the Aspen Classic?
4: South Beach Food and Wine.
2: Woohoo. All right. That was great. I got through the that was good. <laughs> yeah, no. I um it's it's you know, some some of these I I, I guess I, I thought I knew how you'd answer, but I thought some you were I gonna didn't.
4: ask vanilla and chocolate. I would have said vanilla. All
2: right, vanilla maybe I, I should end it that way. Yeah. Okay, I'm chocolate.
4: Oh there you go. So you're vanilla. Yeah, and today I'm gonna be pizza. So
2: <laughs> fabulous. Okay, now um, I wanna talk about some restaurant industry news uh of, of this week or actually a little of last week. Um one of them is Adam Platt, the New York magazine reviewer. He came out on the cover of the magazine's annual Where to Eat issue uh with his profile. No longer gonna be anonymous. And then just yesterday I didn't know
4: he was anonymous.
2: Well he, I'm chuckling. Yeah, well most of the his
4: I think he I, I think I think reviewers, and I'm going to, I'm sorry. To the no, joke. no, no, go ahead. I think reviewers are probably the worst kept secret that's out there. And I think the reality is that nothing will really change. And restaurateurs are prepared for you, especially ones that are looking for the two, the three, and the four, especially ones that are looking for those really great reviews. Their, their pictures are up in the kitchen. We see them when we walk through. Right. Um, and I don't necessarily think it really changes the d- dynamic of someone that's reviewing a restaurant, uh, in, in an ideal world, I think it'd be wonderful if they didn't know. But the reality is that they're they're receiving a different kind of experience that us as common folk and diners would ever get anyway. So uh, I don't know that anything's really changed.
2: Yeah, well, I, I I agree with that. I it's interesting. I've been thinking about it. I mean. From a PR perspective, or or restaurant tour, of course, it's it's better to, to know what he looks like. Um, there's something about the game of it, or, or the you know that he's you know you're supposed to be anonymous. They're not right. supposed to know. It's not
4: as fun. It's not not as much fun playing the game. But I think people are just pretending they don't know, and the reality is they do know. Right? right. The waitstaff knows. They've been trained on it. Um, the captains know. The floor managers know. People are really ready for it.
2: Yeah, it's true and uh, and actually in this segment he did on CBS yesterday, uh he 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 called out, he said hey, oh, he had a dining experience at Le Perigot, which is a client I've worked with for for a while and um he said he was there about 10 years ago and it was when he had first started out reviewing and he didn't think anyone knew who he, who he was and the owner called him out and uh <laughs> you know, you're the critic, you know. And and from and he commented though saying uh, it's their business to know. And, and it's true. That's right. right. So,
4: yeah, they make it a point to know.
2: So that was I, I big news. And um, the other one I had to discuss was how Toro got uh, two stars in the New York Times last week. Fantastic. I agree. I was there. I would like to go back and try more. Um, it's a Spanish tapas restaurant in Meatpacking District. And what's what's... I think even more interesting, uh, not just that they got two stars, and is that they came from Boston and a lot of times restaurateurs who do well in their own cities and then come into New York, the media has not been so kind to them in the past. I,
4: I don't know that they've been so kind to themselves when they come from other cities. I think a lot of times if you're going to come to New York and you're going to assume that all New Yorkers would like to eat, drink, and listen to music the way that you would like us to – and we, as we do in other cities, it doesn't really work. I think sometimes these concepts need to be um, modified and refined to to fit uh, what New Yorkers enjoy, and they have to suit the micro-neighborhoods of New York City. Uh, and if they don't, people aren't going to be attracted to them, and they're going to hightail it back to their cities. Whereas I think Toro embraced New York City, embraced the diners, and they, they created a concept and cultivated something that has a tremendous following, and they deserve a the The really amazing review they got, so I'm really happy for them.
2: Yeah, I am happy for them yeah.
4: too. Yeah, they deserve it. And it's nice to have a uh, a high quality restaurant of that nature in in the meatpacking.
2: Yeah, no, it's I I went pretty early on, and it was it was very very crowded. The menu is quite large, so I'm I'm looking forward to going back and trying more dishes. Good stuff. Very good. Okay, we're going to take one more very quick break, and we will be right back with my solo dining experience on All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
1: You are listening to In Your Power by the California Honey Drops on the Heritage Radio Network dot
3: your car
2: This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host Sherry Bayer, and on this part of my program, I am I'm going to donate a uh, a little bit of time just to my solo dining experience of the week. And uh, solo dining is something I do quite often. And I actually recently took a trip by myself uh, to Spain. Is the trip uh, uh, which was was wonderful and I've taken solo trips myself and um the reason I want to bring this up was I uh, I went to San Sebastian which was uh on my list of places I really wanted to go for a long time and um the purpose of going there was was to eat <laughs> um there's uh, incredible restaurants there uh the best in the world um some of the best in the world so I was a little apprehensive um, just about going and doing so many tasting menus by myself in a short amount of time and i 've done tasting menus at restaurants alone, but this was just you know a, a very a very um, intense eating session of three days of going to Arzac and Mugaritz and Ekstabari and akalari and it was um, I, I mean i 'm not going to talk about the expense of it I, I was I was there to eat so um, that was my mission, I guess, but I just wanted to say dining solo and doing uh, tasting menus is is really wonderful uh, of course it 's great to share an experience with someone else, but I found dining by myself in these really top restaurants that I was able to focus on the food, focus on the service and the ambiance, and just appreciate everything that the restaurant had to, had to offer without being distracted um, so it was I would adv- i would Recommend anyone. Don't be afraid to do fine dining by yourself. It's uh, it's really quite enjoyable. So I want to say if you have any comments about solo dining or anything else in the show, please uh, feel free to tweet me. I'm at all industry or on Facebook. I have uh, you can definitely message me. My page is called All in the Industry. So we have we have about I don't know five ish more minutes and. Stephen, well, what do you want to talk about? <laughs>
4: what do we want to talk about?
2: Any final thoughts on rest- with chefs, well, restaurant tours, and?
4: Well, one, it's a privilege to be here, and I think what you're doing here is wonderful. So uh, I, I commend you and congratulate you on the, the beginning of a really great show. And
2: thank you so much. I
4: appreciate you including me uh, and giving me the opportunity to tell you more about what we do and what I've been able to do. And. Um, I, I think, you know, in closing, I would tell you that the food industry has has always served uh, as a family for me in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of my closest friends are from the food industry and the business. And we've made this really a, a lifestyle for all of us. And I think, you know, the advent of Eater, per se, it, it was really the beginning. Of, uh, it, it really marked for me one of the beginnings of, of my business. Um, and my relationship with Lockhart and Ben, and and I think to me it was almost generational. Now that that e- eaters come full circle, that it's become you know quote unquote a real business and a real company, and I think that's incredibly exciting. Um, and, and that only goes to show us how real the food business has become, and how real the media bu- business has become as it relates to food, and what what it means to the Food Network and to Bravo. Uh, to, to be involved with chefs so I think our business has matured I think it's evolved tremendously um, I think we're all lucky to be a part of it whether that be small or large I
2: agree um, 100% and
4: I just want to continue to, to, to grow and you know, we, you know we talk about how much fun we have but the reality is I think you know there isn't another business that you could have as much fun in uh, and be around such really creative minds and thoughtful people so uh, I'm grateful to, to be a part of it and, and, and thank you
2: Thank you. I am too. I I always say I can't separate my work and my social life because it just it's a lifestyle that if and being in this restaurant community and the whole the whole idea for this show was that I have met so many incredible people over the years that work with restaurants and and that I I wanted to sh- to showcase them and to get to know I I don't think sometimes people think Um, about all the different um, components that go into opening a restaurant and and how many it takes a village they say right sure so and it, it is and it is a fun and really exciting industry and chefs have become like rock stars
4: well it's really wonderful that you're able to showcase and highlight people that are helping to build this industry and are behind these restaurants so sometimes those individuals really aren't given the spotlight and for you to do that, I think it's a, it's a huge service to the industry.
2: Well, thank you very much. I hope so. So um, I wanted, this is, I'm trying to uh, make this program into a series where I'm, I'm so I, I would like to, for my next guest, if you can propose a question to her, She's is Arlene Spiegel of Arlene Spiegel and Associates, and she is a hospitality restaurant and retail consultant. So I wanted to see if you can give me a question that I should ask her when she's on the show next week.
4: I would ask her if she can tell you more about her experience uh, and her beginnings in the restaurant industry and what makes her a great consultant.
2: Okay. I will ask her and I'll let you know what she says. Please
4: do. I'll be listening.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry I don't have a question for you, but you're you're my first live guest. (laughs) Okay, good. So we're winging it here. Um, okay and just anyone out there if just a little information you can find Stephen Kamali at StephenKamali.com TheHospitalityHouse.com those are their websites Um, on Twitter it's at Stephen Kamali and this show is at All Industry and at Heritage underscore Radio and my Twitter is at Sherry Bayer
4: and so, at the Chef Agency.
2: And at the Chef Agency. It's a lot of ats. thought I had them all. <laughs> so thanks to Joe Galarraga. I'm going to have to ask you if that's how you pronounce your last name. I hope so. You it, got it. Awesome. He's my engineer, and he is awesome. And also thanks to Aaron Fairbanks and Jack Inslee. And thanks for everyone out there who's been listening. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. We'll be the We'll be back next week, 4 o'clock on Wednesday. Thanks.
4: Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network.